You two need to get out a bit more. In the beginning, there was darkness. Then there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm back after a short break to Dubai. I'm back and I'm here with my two favourite people, Ian Wright and Jack Duffin. Ian, how are you, sir? I am good. Living vicariously through you, who was having the time of your life in Dubai. By the way, Paul, I must commend you. Your choice of outfits, your shirtwear, the just prestigious Hawaiian tropical floral shirts. You would stand out like just you rise amongst like the phoenix from the ashes. You just rise out of a crowd in terms of Dubai. So props to you, sir. You looked like you had a great time. We had a great time. Jack and I talked linebackers. We talked cornerbacks. We talked a few other positions. You broke your streak and that's okay. But we hauled down the fort while you were out doing some video entertainment and soaking in some sun. I actually got better feedback from something else other than Dubai. That the boxing video I had, Three different people, not all listeners of the podcast, send it to me saying how much they loved it. Oh, they thought it was funny, yeah? Oh, they loved it. It was gold. Well, thanks a lot. I'll try to do one comedy thing once a month, so there we go. Did your guy end up winning that fight? I never did follow No, he got absolutely smashed. (laughs) Paul Prediction. (laughs) Interesting. uh, Interesting. He's actually a friend of mine, so uh, um, he asked me to do the video for him, but he never reposted it, little bastard, so there we go. Well, karma came quick, probably in the form of a couple of right hands. Yep. Um, but no, Dubai was a great trip. If you have never been, I'd highly recommend getting yourself out there. And uh, if anyone's got any spare Hawaiian shirts, uh, please do let us know. There's a, I've got a Browns one, a famous, what's the famous American Hawaiian shirts? Tommy Bahama, baby. Anyone who's got a spare Tommy Bahama shirt, probably a large Send it over. I'd love to have one. Another one. Right. Birthday present. Can I, uh, boxing Dubai Hawaiian shirt podcast. Are we put? Sorry. <laughs> I know. This is the uh, Paul Brown Browns, Cleveland Browns podcast. And we're going to be talking safety room today. Um, but there is one thing, Cleveland, I want to say is the basketball came to town. The All-Stars basketball. Did anyone watch any of the games at all? Not me. I don't live. I don't live in Cleveland. I live in Chicago. So no, I, I saw a bunch of people tweeting about it, and I I didn't watch any of it. Honestly, we had, I had the in laws in for the weekend, so I missed the dunk contest, which I heard was terrible. Uh, I missed the three point contest, if they even still have it. I heard skills. No, I I I just don't have a lot of time to catch up on the NBA. Uh, so Ian, educate us. Is it not shown on TV? The game. It is. I just didn't watch it. Okay. I know LeBron was talking about something with Cleveland. So now everybody's talking about that. So the most impressive thing was the fact that Steph Curry and his wife got booed by Cleveland fans, even though it's been like four or five years since whatever they're booing him about. Not that I like either of them, but they deserve to get booed, but props to Cleveland for that. And then I do believe there was a, here we go. Brownies chant that was started as well. I do believe I caught that in the middle of the national anthem. 
Was that what it was? <laughs> I think he was in the choir bit than the National Anthem. Oh, Browns fans. Yeah, viewers, let us know your thoughts. Is that like a no-go or let's go? Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. If you're going to do it here. No, you, I would wait. So, obviously, service members and stuff, they deserve the respect of the National Anthem. Um, if you're going to do the here we go, Browns, let's just wait to the to the final note. And then you can start your here we go brownies. I will say from the Browns, Miles Garrett looked like he had a pretty good weekend. Uh, he showed off some of his hooping ability. Was in the celebrity game. I did see a highlight of his dunk. So, Miles Garrett showing out. Anyway, Jack's getting frustrated about this. Too much basketball. Too many Hawaiian shirts. Too much to buy. Let's talk safety room. Jack, who do you want to start with? So let's just sort of look at how many bodies are in there first. Um, so we, we touched on it with the cornerback show, but you're looking at 10 DBs, which will either be five corners, five safeties, um, like it was last year, or it will be six corners and four safeties, like it was if we go all the way back to 2020. Um, so we had Ronnie Harrison, Carl Joseph, Sheldrick Redwine, and Andrew Sindejo. And then last year was John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, Richard LeCount, and MJ Stewart. Um, because MJ Stewart was a uh, safety last year, but the year before that, he definitely played more slot corner. So um, it all really comes down to how you want to play. Your safeties are a little bit more versatile than your corners, um, but you need to have plenty of both. So um, it sets you up there. But we're looking at 10 dudes. Once you get into who that eighth, ninth is, um, it's that where you're really deciding, well, is it, six of one on four of the other is it five and five it's more of a special teams decision than a roster building standpoint because roughly you're looking at four safeties four outside corners and two dudes in the slot um and mj stewart and troy here were your slot dudes um last year so that's there but anything you guys want to touch on before we start jumping into the names I think we knew going into the season that Woods wanted to play more three safety fronts. I think the addition to J or adding JOK to the mix gave them a little bit more in terms of their nickel and their dime defenses. So I think the Browns in terms of position importance may value the safety position a little higher than some of your traditional, just two high safety teams. Um, so I think that's where, you can start seeing that the Browns are going to use possibly more assets in the safety room than your traditional, you know, Tampa two or cover two teams. Jack, who's going to be um, coming back for training camp and who's not left. So let's start off with the, the big dog who's got the money and that's John Johnson. So he's your starting free safety. Um, and he's got at least one more year under contract. Um, because he was paid a deal that effectively gave him 24 million for the first two years. And then in his third year, the team have a 9.75 million option. So it's a good chance that he'll be here all three years because you would expect him to be worth 9.75. But then it starts coming down to, well, what's in free agency um, needs in other places and how the younger guys behind him develop. But certainly a lock for this year. He, the first half of the year wasn't great. Um, but then had a really, really good second half of the season. So it was really important for him to turn that round um, because we need him to be the leader um, of that room and really help everyone develop. Um, so it sort of started coming together week seven against Denver and then week nine, uh, eight against Pittsburgh, and then lit it up Cincinnati in week nine. Um, 
So no, he is one that I hopefully takes that second half of the year into next year. Um, obviously, that's where we were with Baker a year ago. Um, but that's what we're looking for because if he plays like that, then it, they'll happily keep him for last year. If he does another year where it's half's good, half's not, they might look, hey, we don't want to pay that 9.75. The one encouraging thing was as the season went on, the play in, you know, and that's kind of what you're looking for when a team, you know, when a player comes over. So I think one of the optimistic signs is, you know, now having a full off season, just curious what type of performance we'll see right out of the gate. Cause if it's on par with that second half of the season, then I think it's going to be a lot more encouraging because you know, what's his age. I mean, I don't think he is 27.1. So age is fine. Yeah. So there you go. So that's obviously the number one locked in, not really any contention there. And next is starting strong safety. So who's going to be the next safety alongside him? And we'll start with the favorite, and that's Grant Delpit. Um, Obviously had um, no rookie season due to injury. Um, And then second season, he he played some. Um, It wasn't an insane amount. Let me just pull up his snap numbers here. Um, I have it for grand output, 599. Yeah. So it played about half the snaps um, because it was just comparison. JOK played 597. So you're right in that same JOK, 597. Delpit, 599. Malik McDowell, 645. Malik Jackson, 646. So that kind of puts you in the range of the rotation that they were running the D alignment uh, about the same as the safeties. You've got to remember, guys, this is, he's coming to his third year and he's a sec, second round pick. Yeah, just that first year losing it because of the Achilles kind of put him behind the ball in terms of reps. Now, obviously, there's mental reps and all that other stuff. At least he's in the building. I think the benefit to that is, is you're going to have the strength, hopefully, you know, of a third year. You know, Del Pitt's, what, 24, I think. 23 going to be 24. So this is a guy who's going to be coming into his peak physical prime, which is going to help, you know, in terms of possibly prevention of injuries and stuff like that. Generally someone that's 22 versus 24, you're going to be a little bit stronger. Yeah. So we're really hoping for a season where he comes in and smashes it, but at the same time, it was very inconsistent. It wasn't that sort of more gradual um, improvement as we saw from John Johnson. It was very scattergun of ups and downs, um, which hey, is, is, coverage it's it's messy um but it might be one where the team's not quite set on ongoing same way with sort of jok of going hey you, you're our dude and we'll work around that um i could see a route where they want to add more people where where do you sort of see their confidence level with Grandel? because i know they want him to be this the starter and clear playing for 90 plus percent of snaps i think they want the role I think Delpit, I think Delpit's role is simple, right? So if the Browns are playing Lamar Jackson, right? You have a guy like Grant Delpit, you have the JOK, you have this speed concept, but in the same sense, I want a guy who's strong against the run. So if you're going up against a new England type or a ball, you know, a Baltimore in terms of how they want to run the ball, you need him to have physicality in the run game. You want to use the fact that he is a fast guy four, 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 five speed. So he can go sideline to sideline. I'm sure they would love for him to develop that coverage ability because as the NFL is trending towards these hybrid say or hybrid tight ends and stuff like that, 
you're going to have to have safeties that can cover these guys. You know, we talk about Travis Kelsey and we talk about, you know, even Dalton Schultz and these guys, you're going to need guys that you can just man that up. And obviously it's a tall tale to ask, Hey, Grant, but go take Travis Kelsey out of the game. Like, obviously I get that, but you have to have the ability to play the multifaceted defense. You know, when they talked to Aaron Rodgers after they lost the, the Niners, they said, well, what did the Niners do? And he goes, they just kept changing it up. You know, he was on the McAfee show and he talked about how they're rolling coverages. And now if I got Delpit, is he going to drop back in coverage? Is he going to man up on somebody? Is he going to blitz? Is he going to step up into the box? So I think that's the role they see for Delpit where he can play, you know, John Johnson, obviously we know is better as a back half safety, but maybe 20% of the time he comes up and plays in the box. I know the Rams at times used him in that element, but I think Delpit is the guy where you want to be more balanced. Is he coming up to stop the run? Is he dropping back? Is he going out in coverage? Are you blitzing him? I think he has that ability. He just has to prove it, but it's not going to stop the Browns from adding somebody in the secondary or in that specifically in that safety room, because after Delpit, or I should say, even after John Johnson, you don't have one guy you're really uber confident about like we talked about with the corners we have ward we feel really good about him newsom we're pretty we're not we're above lukewarm on him johnson we're hopeful can get you know to that position but we don't have a guy right now we don't have the guy they want delpit to step in and be one of their guys yeah and i think that's the risk and so i'm through the obvious name the the inside candidate which is mj stewart so MJ Stewart, we touched on last show, so I won't go too much into it, even though we consider him more of a safety now than he was in the past, a cornerback. But it's that snaps and opportunity um, where the issue is going to lie of, hey, he's going to want to play loads. And if we're turning around and going, hey, yeah, we can probably get you 250, 300 snaps, he's probably going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm good, um, and go somewhere else because he wants to get some big money and get paid. Um and make himself a really solid option um, for teams in the future. And if you're only going to play him a little bit, and he's great at special teams, so you can walk onto any roster with a special teams play, but he's going to try get there because he wants to play in time. And that's going to be the issue. When you get a more talented roster, the prove-it deals, it's okay at sort of position like edge where you rotate loads, but some of the stuff like corner, safety, you don't rotate that much. Paul, what do you think? I think it's an area where we need to invest. I think for too many years, our safety room has been underperformance. So since over the last six years, we, I've been watching the Browns in detail. It never feels like we've had that room nailed. Jack, well, what do you feel about that? I'd agree. I, th- I think it's a fair assessment. It's not one where... You can get that. Oh, we've had like Jabril Peppers to get excited about. Obviously, he got traded. Um, Demaris Randall had a flash, but then it soon disappeared. Um, I, I think it's a fair assessment that there's not been someone where you're banging the table. But even when we had Pep, even we had Peppers, where uh, he used to play on the moon, <laughs> deep safety. He used to play uh, free safety, right? Yeah. Oh, he was real free way back there. <laughs> it's yeah. like sixty yards deep. I think they called it a halo safety or something. But we had but we had no other safety. Name one safety that played well with Peppers or a big name. Yeah, Demar- Demarius Randall was kind of your um oh Where's you guys you guys don't remember the days of you know 
Jim Leonard back there and Usama Young and all Brodney Poole. The Browns had some real, no, I'm just teasing, uh, some blast in the past safeties there. I think, and you know, once Andrew Sandejo left, I knew it was all downhill in that room after that. Anyways, uh, even though, by the way, he had a pretty solid, decent year with the, with the Colts until he knocked himself out again, playing like an absolute maniac. Um, I think you're right, Paul. I think the Browns are going to invest. I'm curious. I think Jack and I are of the idea that Ronnie Harrison is not going to be back with the team. No way. But the question is, Jack, if Rodney, Rod, Ronnie Harrison goes to the market and he hears the sound of crickets, is there a number you would bring him back for? Because remember, this, this, te- this Browns team did trade for him. Now, I know they gave up very little, basically a kicking tee and three Gatorade buckets, but sometimes players go to the market thinking that there's going to be a high demand for them out there, and there's not. So I wouldn't completely rule out Ronnie Harrison's return. Now, Ronnie Harrison may say he wants a lot of money, and he may be confused about what his market value is. But when we look at MJ Stewart free agent, when we talk about Ronnie Harrison free agent, if MJ Stewart goes and signs somewhere for more money and Ronnie Harrison comes back and says, Hey guys, I'll, at this point, I'll take a prove it deal. Do you listen? I, I think I would do that for MJ Stewart um, and wait and bring him back. I wouldn't do that for Ronnie Harrison just because I look at where the issues are. It's the childish behavior, the penalties, the, the other stuff that I, I just don't want that in my team. Um, so while he was really good in 2020, regressed a, a fair bit in 2021, and I'm like, eh, I'm over it. Um, could it be the case that, hey, you're looking at a two, two and a half mil, and you're like, oh, why not? Um, maybe if everything um, disappears. But there's some other dudes I would take before that in free agency. So I'll start with the, the biggest splashy guy, um, and that is Tampa Bay safety Jordan Whitehead. Um, he's just about to turn 25. He's had two great years, uh, plays more of the strong safety type. And I think if we're going to go invest in free agency, we, we'd look more to the the strong safety type. And, and I think, yeah, it's going to be a bit pricier, six million a year, maybe three years. So guarantee the first couple of them. Um, I, I think that's one you, if they were going to make a, a mini splash, um, because you're not going to get the John Johnson style splash. I, I think that's one. There, there's a cheaper name that I'll get to next. What would you think if we, we went and uh, added Jordan Whitehead? Whitehead. I like Whitehead, and I think he's one of those candidates where may, he may look and say, all right, Tampa's time may have shined, you know, obviously with Brady retiring. So he's got his ring, and it may be something where, yeah, you bring him in. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, Tampa plays the traditional cover two. Obviously, it used to be called Tampa two, but I think they still do play a version of it. Um, so I'd be curious, would they play him more in the strong safety role? So if we read the blurb just on PFF, um, strong safety, single high defense. With the evolution we're seeing in modern pro defenses, Warden Whitehead's architect type um, as a safety is losing value the further down the field he goes. However, anytime he's near the line of scrimmage or in an underneath zone, his aggression and physical physicality provides immediate results. The more I watch of him, the more I feel he's tailor-made for New England or a coach off of Pete Carroll's tree. That, that's what their blurb has on mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah, they got him at 5'10", 198. Uh, last year, played 334 snaps in the box, 265 in free safety. And then between corner, they've actually kind of morphed him out a little bit in corner as well. Listen, I think when it comes to the free agents, right, and the, the crazy part about this last year is, you know, we obviously John Johnson was a big one of the top safeties available. There's a lot of names in the safety room in free agency. I'll be curious how many of these actually get to market, you know, just running through some of the young guys. I mean, Terrell Edmonds, former first round pick of the Steelers as a free agent, Jesse Bates, who obviously is coming off. You know, if you're looking for a kicker safety, Justin Reed um, is a guy. These are all young guys. Harrison. I, I did not realize Henry Harrison was only 25 years old. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, uh, Deshaun Elliott, who played with the Ra- uh, the Ravens, Marcus Williams, the guy from the Saints, you know, and these are these are some of the guys that are out there. I think the Browns are going to make a play on, I mean, Marcus May from the Jets. Is there any word on kind of what great splash move? Yeah. I mean, he's he obviously a bigger name, uh, but 29 years old, unrestricted free agent. I, I think the Browns, if they're going to do, if they're going to make it because they have so many other positions they're looking to address in that draft, I could see them going out and grabbing one of these guys. You mentioned DeAndre Houston Carson um, from the bears. You know, he's not 30 yet. So there's a lot of options, but I do think they go out and get somebody in the safety room. Yeah, if they were looking for a deeper three and really had confidence in Delpit, then DeAndre Houston Carson, dirt cheap at like two million, is a great option. That he, you would play Troy Hill slightly more, but as a sixth DB, you're looking to bring someone in. He would be excellent. The other one I quite like is Rodney McLeod, um, just at two million. He's he'll be 32 by the time the season comes around, but he's going to do a job and he will be fine. Um, it's nothing sexy, but he would come in and do it. I'd love to have a run at Malik Hooker, but he's just not going to come here on a prove-it deal um, because you're just not taking a um, player to be that deep on a roster, and he is more fitted to zone the man now. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Marcus May, um, if you want to go splashy, that I think Marcus May is your splashy move. You're sort of small splash, um, focusing on a young age is Jordan Whitehead. Um, and then, yeah, you're looking at like Rodney McLeod, um, DeAndre Houston Carson, that's just sort of cheaper guys. Um, but yeah, you, you could, if you bring in either of those two guys, it doesn't stop you playing everyone else because if you bring in May, then you put him deeper and then you bring, um, John Johnson and Delpit close to the line of scrimmage bring in Whitehead, you're relying on John Johnson to be deeper, and then you bring the other two up. And there's no reason any of those combinations, we don't see a, a large amount of three safety, um, because what it's about 2.27 safeties per snap last year, you get then get that up to about 2.75. Yeah, I, th- I think you're looking there. This is, like I said, I think this is one of the positions where they they, they make a move. I think that there's probably a guy, and I see even Jaquiski Tart from San Francisco, if they're looking to get a veteran, somebody that's played with Joe Woods, um, you know, he's split a little time between free safety and strong safety. There's a lot of names out there. The I, I would be hard-pressed to believe that the Browns attacked this position in the first day of free agency, but I would expect somebody from the safety room once – there's obviously how free agency works is there's a couple names on here. And once those names go, the market's set. 
And then everybody else kind of falls in line. It's kind of like die hard with landing the planes. Once the first one comes in then everyone else sees the landing spot and then they all bring it back in. I think once that first wave, because I think there's certain teams that are going to be waiting on the, uh, the free agents doorsteps to sign that deal. Once free agency kicks off, who knows, maybe you're talking about a guy like Jabril Preppers. Maybe you're talking about a guy like Marcus May. I mean, these are some of the bigger names. And then all of a sudden the Browns come in and get you somebody and you're like, Oh, okay. I can, I can totally see that fit. And he's a guy that's going to come in for that third safety role. Because if Ronnie Harrison does in fact have the walking papers, there is a 50%, 40%, depending on how good you are. There's a decent amount of snaps out there for that third safety. Yeah, and if we look out back the last few years, safety has been that slow position in free agency. It doesn't come out the gates like several of the others. We sit there two, three days into it, and we're like, is anyone actually going to sign in safety? <laughs> so um, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Oddly enough, that was the same way with the Jamal Adams trade market. Remember? It's like, is this guy ever going to get traded? And then finally got it done. So I've got some names. Oh, he's going to look at all the UDFAs. Mate, <laughs> so obviously, Peppers bring him back. Is he going to be too expensive? That's the question. I, th- I, I think he's fine. Um, and I, I, I would take May and Whitehead over him, but if those both guys go, I, I, I think it can certainly work in your neck of the woods, Chicago, Gibson. Oh, Tayshawn Gibson, the former Brown. Yeah. He's got to be, what, in his mid-30s by now, right? Been in the league for 10 years. I would be shocked if they go that old. Tayshawn Gibson's 32. He's, listen, I don't think anything's impossible. Obviously, they brought in Sandejo, who was older. So if they miss out on a first couple of those guys... Absolutely could be somebody where they say, hey, you know what? Gibson comes in. He has a specific role to play, you know, because Jack, we talked about it in the linebacker room. If there's a role that they specifically see for a certain free agent in certain packages, they could easily adapt that third safety role to much like they did the linebacker role and say, hey, I'm just going to pick a name, Daniel Sorensen. He's obviously a fan favorite in Cleveland. You know, Daniel Sorensen is going to fit this specific role. They're going to go out and give him, you know, $1.3 million to do it or something like that. I could, I could totally see that. So I would never rule out Tayshawn Gibson because, you know, he's a, maybe they come back and say, you know what? We want John Johnson to play in the box more. We had a lot of success with him in the box and they stick Tayshawn Gibson back out back there in center field. Very possible. I love the fact that the second name Paul came up with was a Brown Cleveland Browns UDFA. The man's a legend. Okay. <laughs> he started off with a first round pick of the Browns and then went to the UDFA of the Browns. <laughs> Covers the full gamut. Another name. Diggs from the Seahawks. Oh, Quandry Diggs? Yeah. Didn't is he the one that's injured? <coughs> uh, 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 no, he, he's gonna hit the market, but he's gonna look for much more money than we're gonna want to spend. So he's potentially going to be around 10 million. Um, so yeah, we're not going to foot that much for the position. I struggle to see a route where we spend over 6 million. I'd, I'd put um, that as yeah. Quandre Diggs broke his leg in the Seahawks finale. Just FYI. Oh. Cause I was like, I think he's the one that got carted off. And then I, uh, I double checked. Yes. He, he was with less than one quarter left in the 2021 season. He broke his leg. 
So told I, you to keep. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be the name of the podcast right there. I told you it'd be cheap. I think Diggs is a good. I mean, you obviously got to check the medicals. Got to check the medicals. So, any what about, what about what about some other names like Montreal and? Uh, oh gosh, Montreal Meander. So yeah. let's let's hit on the. He's almost got a career as long as uh, Joe Thomas at this point. What about Benson, he was a safety that we had that looked quite good enough off season. Elijah Benson. Where is he? There's five dudes left to touch on. (laughs) Some ball bound specials in here as well. But we've either got one more, say we've added one free agent, um, whether that's re-signing MJ Stewart, getting one of these guys we've mentioned. um, So one free agent, John Johnson and Delpit. That's your top three, the dudes that are starting. Now we get into the development slots and um, it could be four, it could be five. Lots of that depends on sort of... I think they draft one dude, but is that a corner? Is that a safety? I don't think they're tied into a position of it has to be one or the other. Um, I think it's where they find the most value. Um, but who's tied down on a contract? You've got Richard LeCount, um, who's a fifth-round pick. So a fifth-round pick isn't guaranteed to make a roster that year, let alone the year after. Played 76 snaps um, on defense. It was 105 on specials. Um, but he is definitely competing to make a roster spot. Then we've got some other guys, Montreal Meander, Duke Dawson, Tedrick Thompson, Adrian Colbert. I don't think any of those guys are competing for anything more in the practice squad other than Richard LeCount, um, who has a shot at making the roster, but will, will be a real challenge. They're going to bring in competition. Um, but I, I think as early as even that first third rounder, you could see a DB added, whether it's a corner, whether it's a safety. If they really like someone, I think they could easily pull the trigger depending what happens in free agency. Well, the interesting name that was the UDFA that the Browns had kind of kept close to the vest was Javante Moffitt. And he signed with the Jets this offseason. So they they elected not to bring him back on the futures contract. So you almost wonder if, you know, a guy like LeCount or, you know, one of these other people that, you, you know, you mentioned, they have to think they're getting something of Moffitt because Moffitt came in and played snaps. I mean, let's, you know, he obviously had the one good play down at the goal line, but they have to have a guy in the development pipeline that they want to see more of. I mean, we talk about the Browns guardrails all the time and it's play young guys. Well, they played a couple of young guys and then they chose not to keep them around. So one of these young guys is definitely, they have spoke with in the off season and said, Hey, come get your spot, come get it. So it'd be interesting to see who it is because without being in the building, these guys haven't played, so you don't really know. I mean, we saw a little bit of LeCount, but there's got to be a guy that they they have slated for that. We'll call it safety four, right? Because we talked about the slots. You're only going to keep four safeties. And, yeah, that, I think that's roughly where we're at. They're probably going to draft a guy, but I don't think they want to put themselves in a position where they have to draft a guy, and that's why I think they will go out in free agency because lots of people are sat there and doing mock drafts and stuff. But you can't sit there and go, hey, we, we need to draft someone. If you're in a position where you need to draft someone, then if something falls, other stuff happens, you can't take advantage of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it has to be a free agent. I think it's a specific role. You know, we talked about their thoughts for Delpit. You know, we think we know what they're going to do with John Johnson. I think right now it's just that there's a role in that third safety they want. 
Um, to your point about the draft, listen, I get mock drafts and, you know, people will say, well, if the Browns take this exact mock draft and we, it allows us to do all these other things. That's not how NFL teams work. Those are for fans. Like you can't put your entire weight saying, well, I'm going to take a safety in the second round because what if the three safeties you want in the second round are all gone? You have no way of knowing it's way too unpredictable to Jack's point. Could they use a day three pick on a safety? Sure. Could they use a late, if there's that role and maybe the guy in free agency, they want goes somewhere else. Maybe MJ Stewart walks and they say, you know what? We really like this guy and he's our first pick of the third round. It's very possible. I mean, I don't think the Browns are ever going to shy away from using a decent capital on secondary. You know, obviously I don't, if Kyle Hamilton's sitting there at 13, then you have a different conversation. The percentage chances of that happening is obviously zero, but I think the Browns won't shy away from saying, if this is a guy that does exactly what we want out of that position, they'll take him. Is that the second round? Sure. Maybe who knows? Maybe they have a first round grade on a safety who slips but they definitely have a spot for him. I, I don't think there's too much else to add. If, if we're coming up with our list, Marcus May. Well, I'm very excited to talk about the special room next. Make sure you come back on Thursday, guys. Specialists, which according to Brown's Twitter is like the second most popular position to chat about behind quarterback. Well, when you can say the name Dicker the kicker, I mean, Jesus, it's just just rolls off your tongue. I mean, can you imagine Paul in week four after Dicker the kicker nails a 40-yarder to win it? What a dick. What a legend. What a kicker. What a legendary waving dicker. waving his dick around central London, just everywhere. Running through the streets after coming out of the Hippodrome, Leicester Square, um, whirlwind in round uh, Leicester Square. What the classic Jack Duffin celebration. <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys. I just want to finish up by saying go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.